Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So please take a minute and visit NBCOcala.com stories to share your story. And if God has used this ministry to touch your life in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. Help us to continue delivering God's word to the world. You can give online or through our mobile giving app. Enjoy today's message. Amen. Help me welcome our internet audience, would you? Glad you're with us today. God bless you. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Hey, something else to clap for. Um, tomorrow's my daughter Greta's 20th birthday, but that also signifies to us 20 years that we've been on this property and in, in this building. So uh, we started out with just half this building, and then we've added on since then. But 20 years, that, God's been faithful to us. That's, that's a good thing. Amen. Uh, I've had some people say, you going to make us cry today? Because we all cried last week, you know, and just had a wonderful time. Um, I didn't plan on making anybody cry last week. Um, I was trying to avoid crying. Um, but before we get into the word today, I just, I want to um, kind of start where we left off last week. And I just really believe in and finding it more and more in my life to have the peace of God that I need to have. I just need to surrender to him. And I find that when I'm missing some peace, and we'll talk about it today, it's because there's something I haven't surrendered. And so, um, if you don't mind, I want to sing that song one more time, I Surrender All. Can we, can we just sing that all together? Let's sing. I surrender all. Sing it to the Lord from your heart. I surrender all. And all. My blessed Savior, I surrender all. Lord, that's our prayer. That's our declaration to you. Help us to truly follow through today and every day to stay surrendered so we may have your peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let me give you just a quick update. If you're visiting today, do not be afraid of my gear, okay? About nine weeks ago, and I know some of you are tired of hearing it. I'm tired of telling it. Uh, With that in mind, I'm going to back away from the edge. But um, (laughs) about nine weeks ago, I fell off the roof, uh, literally, and um, have a compression fracture in my T12. T12. And um, I didn't even know I had the T12, you know, and then I um, really shattered my arm, and I've had two surgeries on that, and I'm in pretty uh, intensive hand therapy now to get full movement back in my, in my hand, so, um, and we'll get there, and that's the way you do it. You trust Jesus as healer, and you work very hard, and uh, we'll get there. Amen. We'll get there. I don't know what else to do. Trust Jesus as healer, and work really hard, amen? amen, and we'll get there. So I'm having to wear the brace for another three, four weeks. Three more weeks, yay. And, um, and that's just to hold me still while the healing completes. And then uh, we're in therapy, hand, uh, hand therapy. I say we because Alicia comes um, with me most every time. So three times a week and that type of thing. So, yeah, give it up for her. Thank you. I just got to say this, too. We got a little, little extra time in this service. She's just so sweet while I'm in therapy. And the, and the therapist, they smile at you and just crush you, you know. And... You, and <laughs> But she's so sweet talking to other people that are there going through therapy and, 
and so forth. And, and we're really finding it a great time to minister and encourage other people too. Um, but I've got a little ways to go. I'm not 100%. Uh, thankful, so thankful to get back in the pulpit last week and then again today. And uh, we'll be working out a rhythm of me getting back full time. And uh, just so grateful to God. And um, uh, last week, I wove my story in a lot into the message. It just hit it a little bit today. I just want us to get on uh, into God's word. And if, if part of my story helps, then we certainly want to do that. So you've seen my gear. You've seen all that. So just forget it. Get used to it. And, uh, and uh, let's uh, get into the word today. Amen. We're in a series called The Missing Peace, P-E-A-C-E, and uh, the subtitle is very important, especially for today, How to Have and Keep Peace. Let's begin out this morning in uh, Psalm 34, Psalm 34, and the psalmist asks the question, you get ready to answer the question, who is the man, who is the person who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Anybody here want that? You know, I believe we all do. It goes on to say, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. And here's our focus today. Seek peace and pursue it. Will you say that with me? Seek peace and pursue it. And my my title for today is Pursuing Peace. Uh, This passage that we just read out of Psalm 34 is really a prescription of uh, how to have a long happy, healthy life. And I don't think I would want a long life without it being happy and healthy. You know, I've run into some people, how old are you? 130, you know, and they're (laughs) not happy or healthy, you know, and uh, Proverbs talks about that as as well, you know, that you could have peace as well as long, long life. Um, But the prescription for this that the psalmist gives is, first of all, and I just want to break it down, is your words. Everybody say words. Never underestimate the power of your words. Never underestimate the power of your words. Look at me, listen to me for this. Most of your securities, areas of your life where you're secure, and most of your areas of your life where you're insecure are the result of words that somebody spoke to you or over you years ago. How many of you know it's true? Some of you have insecurities today because of something somebody said somewhere along the way. And some of you feel a little more confident and secure about some things because of things spoken. And over your life, uh, you need to make sure that you're speaking good words. Do not underestimate the power of negative words or the power of positive faith-filled words. Your words are important. I said your words are important. Second would be your actions, your actions. And it said, depart from evil and do good. So it does matter what you do. It does. And again, in this prescription of a long, happy, healthy life, your words, your actions, and then this part. Wait on me. Wait on me. Um, your thoughts, because these do not happen. Thoughts are part and parcel of your words and your actions. I believe there's almost in your soul a, a thought chamber that your words and your actions run through. Some of y'all have given it clearance that it doesn't have to pass through, pass through security. Yeah, but we've, we've got to slow down, but it's our, our thoughts. But here is our focus for today, and again out of the verse, seek peace and pursue it. Put all of that together. There's your prescription to have a, a long, happy, healthy life. Right words, right actions, right thoughts. And this is very, very important. Seek peace and pursue it. Everybody say pursue it. The word that we want to look at today, this, this Hebrew Old Testament word, is that word pursue. 
It means to hunt uh, and to go after and to catch. It is a verb, an action word, and don't miss this. It is very aggressive. It is aggressive. It is not a passive word at all. It is an aggressive word that you would pursue. It is to hunt something down. And the scripture says that you're to seek peace and pursue it. Identify it, locate it, run it down. You know, we're going to have the Super Bowl, what, in another week or so? And I guarantee you, they do this every game, somebody's going to kick off the ball. Okay? And then the kicking team is going to run down the field in pursuit. And they're going down not to just see, uh, I wonder how he'll catch it. wonder if I know the guy from college. No, they're going down there to what? To get him. And ultimately to get the ball back. They are in pursuit. I just want to insert this real quick. Since my injury, I, it's hard for me to watch football. I have to turn away at times, you know. Just that hurt, you know. And, and uh, when you've got three 300-pounders pursuing you, you know, if they get you, you're going to, whoa, you're going to feel it, right? But that's pursuit. I mean, it is aggressive, hot pursuit going after it. Some of you ladies, when you go to the mall, that's pursuit. Remember Wilma and Betty from the Flintstones? Yeah, charge it, you know. How many of you have no idea what I just was referring to? All right, you should be in children's church then if you don't. All right. Um, hunting, you know, law enforcement, chasing down a bad guy, whatever, whatever it would be. It's we are identifying something, locating it, seek peace and pursue it. It is aggressively going after it. And I want to emphasize that aggressive part of that because uh, you, there's a battle on for peace. Yes. That's our subject. There's a battle on for that. There are a whole lot of things that steal your peace. How many of you run into anything this week that potentially could have stole your peace or did? Right. You know, that phone call, that letter, that email, that doctor's report, what they said, what he didn't say. I mean, all those things, they impact us and they impact our peace. And we have to be aggressive about this. I think it is wrong for us to sit around and be troubled. I think it is wrong for us to sit around and be grumpy. Don't worry, I'm going to tell them myself here in just a minute. It, It is wrong for us to just drag through the day. Well, I'm just down, okay? I'm just kind of blue. I'm just kind of down, okay? So back off. I just think it's wrong as, a, as the blood-bought people of God, and God has done so much for us, and he has given us what we need so that we don't have to be like everybody else who does not have hope and does not have a Savior and does not have peace. There is to be something different about us, and it's not our hairdo or our bumper stickers or anything else. It, it, there are some things that are otherworldly that should be noticeable to some people. Now, let me qualify with otherworldly. Do not be a weirdo. Okay, I have to say that every so often. I've been out for two months. And I need to come back and remind you. Don't be weird. All right. It is a choice to pursue peace. Uh, I read this last week. My wife posted it too. You are not a born winner. You're not a born loser. You are a born chooser. And you choose life or death. You choose a good mood or a bad mood. Seriously. Well, that happened. Yeah, but then you chose to respond this way. The psalmist said this. This is the day that the Lord has made. I I will rejoice and implied I will be glad. It's It's a decision that we make. It's also a decision to pursue peace. 
Sometimes I think we've not pursued peace because we didn't know how available it was. We didn't know how much God wanted us to really have his peace. And he wants us to have his peace. Amen. And, and I want you to have peace. I want peace. And by peace, I'm not talking about just getting along with other people. I'm talking about a, a, a sense on the inside of it's okay and God is at work and I belong to him and this will work out. I'm okay. It's a sense of calm that would be in our life because of God in our life. Can I get a good amen this morning? So the pursuit begins by, first of all, knowing I need this peace. And let me tell you, you need this peace. When you're missing peace, you are not yourself. It's like the Snickers commercial. Have y'all seen those? You know, And you're just not yourself. And so um, we're going to pass out Snicker, Snickers bars to everybody on the way out there. We're not, but it would have been a good idea. It would have been a good idea. But you've got to acknowledge, I need it. I must have it. I will go after it. And then you must know where, where to find it. The end of the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is above the city of Jerusalem. And uh, <clears throat> he's about to, you know, go and be crucified. And he's looking down and he's lamenting. He's sorrowful over uh, the city and over the people. And um, he said, I, I, I tried to draw you to myself. And this is the key thing. He said, but you, you did not know the things that make for your peace. You did not know the things that make for your peace. I'm convinced there's too many believers today that do not know the things that make for their peace. So we've got to know that we need it and then we must pursue it. And I'll go ahead and tell you the only place to find peace is in God. In God. Jesus is even called the Prince of Peace. He is, in other words, the only authorized dealer. If you get it anywhere else, it's not the real deal. You hear me? And you've got to know where to go. If you're going to get real peace, you're going to have to go to the real God. You're going to have to go to him. You know, it would be backwards for you to go try to buy tires at Furniture City. Or for you to go to buy bunk beds and a couch at Donut World. You see what I'm saying? You've got to go where it is. And we looked at this last week. I want to bring it back to your attention. The world only has substitutes for peace. And so we chase after things. How many of you would admit this morning in front of all of us uh, that before you were a believer, and maybe even since, you've looked for peace in this or that, or if I had that or that relationship, and then you, it, it came up empty? Come on. And the world tries to sell you and, you know, other people in pursuit of peace, they try to say, oh, yeah, this is all you need. And then we find out, you know, it wasn't the real thing. And every person, I believe, because they're created by God, is able to register on the inside the real and the not real. And the world only has substitutes for peace. But here's the good news. We only have peace because we had a capital S substitute. Jesus Christ himself took our place, was our substitute on the cross, paid the price for our sin, our shame, our brokenness, our everything so that we could be saved, so we could have a relationship with God, so our sins could be forgiven, and ultimately also that we could have peace. Can you get an amen on that? And so the world only has substitutes for peace. We're not any better. We just, by the grace of God, somehow have been able to see and believe that we have a substitute. And because we have a substitute, he himself, the scripture says, made peace for us. He himself is our peace. 
I'm preaching better than you're listening right now. So, uh, All right, stay with me here. In Isaiah chapter 57, let's look here. It says, but the wicked are like the troubled sea. Now, it's going to kind of paint a picture here for us in a moment. The wicked are like the troubled sea. The word wicked, I want you to, you know, right now you're probably thinking uh, of a wicked person or people. And we conjure up a lot of different thoughts, maybe from cartoons or maybe from 3D something. But let's look at this. The, the Hebrew word here for wicked, but the wicked, it literally just means this, the wrong. They're wrong. So who's right? God's right. And then anybody else is wrong. God's way is right and any other way is, is wrong. And we find that. Um, but the wicked, it means wrong, but it also is related word-wise to some other words that we would know. In the middle of a candle is a wick, and you light the wick. And then how many of you have or had wicker furniture? Okay. And the, the characteristic of that is it is, you ready? Twisted. It's twisted. The wick is twisted. The wicker is twisted. And it's, it's related to this here. Maybe it started right. Maybe it has elements of right, but it got twisted. And when you take God's ways and you twist them, it's, truth is this way, grace is this way. Once you add to it or take away, it's no longer truth. Once you add to it or take away, it's no longer grace. And so the wicked, it's just, it's wrong. It's wrong. It might even be close, but if it's not God's way, then it's, then it's wrong. But the wicked are like the troubled sea. Follow the metaphor here. When it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt, there is... There's no peace, says my God, for the, for the wicked. Look in, in uh, Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59. The way of peace, they, in the context again, is still the wicked. The way of peace they have not known, and there's no justice in their ways. They have made themselves crooked, twisted paths. Whoever takes that way, watch this line, shall not know peace. The only place you're going to find peace, listen to me. And I don't want to sound religious. I don't want to sound any, any other thing. The only place you're going to find peace is in a relationship with God. Amen. I want to make sure everybody got that. The only place you're going to find peace is in a relationship with God. So if we are to seek peace and pursue it, well, that, guess what that's going to do? That's going to take us to God. It's going to take us to God into relationship with him. God has set us up, so to speak, because everybody's desiring, needing that peace And as we seek for that peace, the only place we're going to find it is him. And that's what he wants. He's wanting us to come to him. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. And look at this. Every word counts, okay? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Note the wording there. Now let's go to 2 Thessalonians. Same wording. Grace to you. And peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace are the big words of the New Testament. Grace and peace are the big words of the New Testament. And it seems that peace travels with grace. You need to know that you're not going to have peace without grace. And what grace does, grace is the undeserved favor of God. Grace is also the power and help of God that helps us in our life. So first of all, grace uh, allows us to have what we do not deserve. And through grace, we have salvation, which brings us to relationship with God. Are you still hearing me? And so grace brings us to salvation. And here's the truth about salvation. Salvation is by grace alone, 
Salvation is through faith alone, and salvation is in Christ alone. You see that? Read this with me. Salvation is by grace alone. I can't earn it. It is through faith alone. I just must believe it. And it's in Christ alone. He's the only one that can save me. So what grace does is bring us, don't miss this. Grace brings us into salvation, which now allows us to have relationship with God. And having relationship with God, Romans tells us, Romans chapter 5, now we have peace with God. We're in relationship with him. You you hear? And we, we have peace from God. So what salvation does, or grace rather, is brings us into salvation, brings us into relationship with God. uh, Grace brings us to peace. So peace travels along with grace. And here's the point that I really want you to see. Peace flows from a relationship with God. I know I've had you reading a lot this morning. You're probably tired, but let's read this one together. Peace flows from a relationship with God. One more time. Read it like you knew this for years. Read read it again. Peace flows from... From a relationship with God. I'm sorry to bug you, but could we do it one more time? Ready? Peace flows from a relationship with God. Now, I'm going to ask you a hard question here. Don't answer it out loud. Is it possible to have peace and still, or excuse me, possible to have relationship with God and not have peace? Yeah. Now, I do think that we can have peace beyond the measure of someone who doesn't have relationship with God. But I see too many believers in relationship with God not living with the peace that Jesus paid a price for us to have. So what is the key here? Real relationship has fellowship. It is active. First uh, John kind of reveals to us that it's fellowship that brings joy to relationship. Get that. Fellowship brings joy to relationship. There can be two people with the same address and the same last name, and they don't, they don't spend any time together, don't talk together, don't share in anything together, and there's no joy in Mudville, okay? And, and they have relationship, but they don't have fellowship. And so what we need to have is a healthy, uh, active relationship with God. That is the relationship that peace will flow from. Everybody say it one more time. Peace flows from a relationship with with God. When we don't have peace, we develop what I call uh, inflammation of the soul. Inflammation of the soul. That's when we're not ourselves. That's when we're irritable and we're cranky and we're not creative and we're not looking for favor and and it affects us physically, it affects our relationships, um, it, it affects our words, it affects everything about us. And I find this, that when peace goes, hope slips. Did you hear me? When peace goes, hope slips. There's a connection on those as well. We wither without the peace of God. And so that's why we're told, even as believers, to pursue peace. Everybody say pursue peace. Now, I want to give you both sides of the coin here on this pursue. First of all, pursue, as we talked about, is to go after. I mean it as aggressively and consistently to go after God because we know that peace flows out of that relationship with him. Is, is to go after God, to go after salvation, to go after relationship with God. But there's another aspect, another side of pursue that I want us to see this morning. And it has this idea, to monitor and maintain. To monitor and maintain. So the first aspect of pursue is this, I have to go and get it. 
The second aspect is I want to keep it. And so in between getting and keeping, you have to monitor what you're doing with it. And so first of all, we're going to go after it. Everybody say go after it. That is to pursue. But then we also want to keep it. We want to maintain and monitor. Look in Psalm 34. We started out there this morning in verse 14. Uh, In the New Living Translation, it says, turn away from evil and do good. But here's where I want to focus. Search for peace. Watch this. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Look at it in the message paraphrase here. Turn your back on sin and do something good. Here's where we're focused. Embrace peace. Come on, read, read some more with me. Don't let it get away. Embrace it and don't let it get it. We're to hunt it down, we're to get it, but then we're to monitor it so that we don't lose it. We're to embrace it and not let it get away. We're to work to maintain it. You pursue peace and you find it. You pursue peace and you embrace it and you keep it. What do you do if you lose peace? And let me just qualify something. How many of you have ever lost peace before? Come on, all right, good. Um, you pursue peace, you find peace, you have peace, and now what if you lose peace? What should you do? Pursue. So as soon as you know it's missing, go after it. Pursue. Go after it again. Lose peace. Go and find it again. Last Sunday was wonderful. And it was wonderful for me in, in a whole lot of ways, having been out of, you know, sight, <laughs> not able to minister for, you know, eight full weeks and, um, you know, and missing you guys and all of that. And it was wonderful. And I've heard from so many of you that it was a wonderful week for you as well, or weekend for you as well. So Sunday afternoon, I've got this emotional high, spiritual high. I'm tired. I ate a good, good lunch. I had a good nap, you know, and all that. Just feeling good, peaceful. Monday shows up. Did we have therapy Monday? I think we did have therapy like Monday. That's not totally enjoyable but necessary, you know, but that's all right, you know, and kept going. Monday was a good day, you know, still feeling good, still, you know, Sunday was awesome, this is good, I'm getting better, that kind of thing. And then come Tuesday, I think I had therapy early that day, and I'm just tired of it, you know, and wasn't feeling that good. We went somewhere, and some little kids looked at my brace. I'm like, who are you looking at? <laughs> Want to tell them if I pull this, I'll fly. <laughs> so you're like feeling like a freak, you know. And then, and then after lunch, you know, Alicia says, you got, you got food on, on your brace? Which she says a lot to me. <laughs> and, and I s- snapped back at her. And I said, you want to wear this brace? <laughs> it's like you just get to a place. And, and then she said, that's all she said. No, no. Uh, how many of you know your wife can say a whole lot with just, just, just that? I wrote it all down. It was three pages. <laughs> no, but she in essence says, you know, so what was Sunday? It can't last till Tuesday kind of thing. And she just said, you know, you need to kind of pull that all back together. And then I realized I lost my peace. I lost my peace. And I'm not me and you're not you when we lose our peace. 
And so I pursued and I got it back. Now, pay attention and monitor your peace. About a week or so ago, a maximum security prison in California, three inmates escaped. As of yesterday, they caught all three. And I was just intrigued by it and read some about it and listened to some of the reports on it. And they said that the prisoners knew how they monitored and checked on the, on the prisoners. And they timed their escape accordingly. And they had, you ready for this, a 16-hour head start. Because they knew once they got checked on, then they could, you know, they could scoot and do their stuff. And you know what? I'm concerned that sometimes our peace escapes like that. And we're 16 hours later before we know it's gone. And by then, it's pretty ugly. I mean, we're snapping at our spouse and we're, we're giving dirty looks to little kids and, you know, <laughs> what happened? When did this happen? You know, and this is what we have to do with pursue. Pay attention to your peace. Monitor it. Look, look and see how am I doing? How, how is my peace? I wish we had dashboards and meters and, and alarms and warning lights. Don't you? Yeah. I do for real. I just, I just wish like, uh, a friend of mine had a car years ago that it would tell you this when the fuel was low. It'd go fuel level low. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome if if you had word level low, <laughs> prayer level dangerously low? You know, <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't that be good? Yeah. Wouldn't if little buzzers and lights go off that you know peace is escaping. You know, your joy is gone. You know, I, I wish we had that. Guess what? We do in a sense because other people can see it. That's right. They see it on our face. They hear it with our words. I think your breath is even worse when you lose your peace. You know, it's just. It's just. But c- wish we could see it about ourselves. Listen, this is part of pursuit. Part of pursuit is to not only go get it, but to maintain it and to monitor it and to make sure that you are keeping your peace and holding on to it. Amen? How many of you know what an oxymoron is? Okay, the rest of you knew what a moron was, but I want to tell you, uh, oxymoron is um, it's a contradiction of terms. It's usually two or three words that are put together. And it's a contradiction of terms that kind of describes something a little bit. Um, I get a kick out of it, and I wanted to uh, show you a few here this morning in, in terms of this. Here we go. The first one is Great Depression. Second one, you ready for this? Jumbo Shrimp. What about this one? Original Copy. And then this one cracks me up. Pretty Ugly. But here's the one I wanted you to see. Cranky Christian. Listen to me, it just ought not be. Seriously, it ought not be. There's a difference between being religious and being an active follower of Jesus. I mean, I remember going to church as a as a preteen and a teenager because my parents made me go. There wasn't much that made me other than that that made me want to go. They made me go. And I just remember one of the things that sticks out to me is the total lack of joy and peace that these people had. And, and I just thought, you know, I don't want any part of that. Now, it was in a little wandering, wandering zone in my life at that point. And I thought, if, if this is Christianity, then I don't want Christianity. 
And I want to tell all of you here today, there's a real Christianity of following in a real relationship with a living Savior and the help of his Holy Spirit. And part of what he brings to our life is not just heaven and not just a book that you could perceive as rules. It's not rules. It's how to live and do this so you can live. It is show you what will give you life and what will take life away. And then he supplements our life with something that is otherworldly, that is not found here. And that is the help of the Holy Spirit to give us peace, to give us joy, to guide us, to give us wisdom. I'm telling you what, this is real deal. And I just think cranky Christian, let it not be on our watch that we are cranky Christians. Can I get a good amen on that today? I I mean, we just, we need to have the peace of God. We need to pursue peace to the place that we understand, whoa, it's slipping a little bit. And you know what? When you find that it's missing, you need to go after it. Have you ever lost your cell phone? I mean, how did we live before we had cell phones? I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, before my accident, I was standing in Starbucks. First service, I said I was standing in Star Wars. <laughs> it's my stormtrooper deal, okay? <laughs> I was standing in Starbucks uh, one morning, and this guy knocked, just about knocked everybody down that was waiting in line to get up to the counter to say, I lost my phone. Did you find my phone? And he said, I got all the way to work. And then I realized I'm, I, I lost my phone. The last place I thought I had it was here. And he just, you know, and he rushed back in there. What if we did that with our peace? Now, a lot of y'all are going to be late for work. <laughs> he got almost to work and realized, oh, oh no, I lost it. What if we monitored and valued our peace the way the guy valued his cell phone what if you lose your keys you're stuck can I tell you something you lose your peace you're stranded you ever lose your your child in Walmart I mean for any of those things what do you do I mean you are heightened awareness at the where 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 because you've got to find it listen you've got to value peace in that way The book of Isaiah tells us that on the same cross at the same time that Jesus paid for our sins and our healing, it says that the chastisement needful to obtain our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Do you hear that? The the suffering, the torture that that he took upon the cross as our substitute, that was not just for the forgiveness of sins, is not just for healing, is not just to take away our sin and our iniquity and our shame, it is also to bring peace for us. And can I tell you something? Jump ahead to heaven. You won't need peace in heaven. There's nothing to upset you in heaven. It is peace that that we need that Jesus paid a dear, dear price for. And we need to treasure it so. That he wants us to have it in our life. That when we realize, oh no, I'm I'm missing my peace or it's low on peace. We need to run to him. Where's the only, who is the only authorized dealer of peace? God, the Prince of Peace. Where does our peace flow from? It flows from a relationship with God. So if I realize that my peace is low or my peace is missing, where should I pursue? I should pursue God. I should just go back to him. What does that mean? That means I just go back to everything I can think of that is about God. I want to encourage you to get still before him. There's an Armenian proverb that says this, solitude is full of God. I dare you to get quiet and get still. Even if you don't even believe in God or you're not sure, I would dare you to totally get yourself in some solitude and quiet and say, if you're really real, I want you to make yourself real to me. And he will begin a work in you. And I'm telling you what, you give him the invitation. You give him the invitation, he will not turn you away. 
But I'm telling you, go after everything that is God. Go talk to God. Listen for God. God's word. God's house. God's music. God's people. God's spirit. And then I'm, I'm going to cue you in on this too. And then the secret sauce of Christianity. Do you know what it is? Gratitude. Gratitude. Just begin to thank God and thank God and thank God. I'm telling you, when you are grateful to God and grateful to the people around you, that keeps your peace up high. I mean, people working hard you don't even know, thank them, thank them. Thank your spouse, thank your caregiver, thank your, thank your children, thank your parents. Thank, thank God for everything, everything. I've got so many little things. I've got so many big things to thank him for. You know, we talked about questions last week. Yeah, I got them, but I've, I'm, I'm past the questions part. I'm just thanking God for things. I'm thanking him for progress, and sometimes it seems slow and small. I'm thanking God for a big thing too. I'm thanking God with Pastor John and Jen that their, that their son was spared. And I don't, I don't understand all, all of that, you know, but we had a doctor tell us, had I done to my head what I did to my arm, I wouldn't be here. Oh, I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful I had hot water this morning. I'm, I'm thankful for all, you see what I'm saying? And when you are grateful, that's the secret sauce of Christianity is a grateful people. And I find that a grateful people have a whole lot of peace in their life. Amen. Amen. Do you get anything at all out of this today? All right. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.